What's going on, everybody? 360 Digital Closing Bell here, here on this gorgeous Monday, September 14th, 2020, for our week look ahead podcast, available both on the Oil and Gas Show and the 360 Digital Closing Bell. Not for long, though. We'll have some updates on that in a little bit. As always, though, I am your humble correspondent, Michael Tanner, joined by the executive producer of the show, the purveyor of the show, and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website, Oil and Gas 360.com, Stuart Turley. How you doing this morning? I'm having a barrel of fun. It is a great day in the Normie, and I'm in the Denver office with jackhammers going. I was about to say, it's a great day if you consider right underneath you, jackhammers are pounding. So if you guys hear any strange noises, we've tried to work around it. I mean, we're using so many different softwares, AI softwares trying to cut out background noise. Hopefully we can, but we're playing with a small deck today. And what's, that's what's funny is, Stu, today's your show. I mean, today is, if there was ever a day for the international man of mystery, Stu Turley, to talk about the international news desk, is that, I'm telling you, BP's got their energy outlook that they're rolling out over the next two days, which is honestly some wild stuff. Stu ran that on the news desk. Runs really contrary. I mean, there's a couple things that run contrary to what other TVs you've been hearing. Um... You know, we're, we're obviously covering the tropical storm that, that that's building over the weekend. We'll have some updates on that. Looks like Phillips 66 is actually shutting in um, uh, their, their Lake Charles, or not their Lake Charles, one of their Louisiana refiners, like 250,000 barrels a day. Um, crew futures trading currently 3702. Uh, time stands about fixed 637 here, September 14th, 2020. So you got a big, you got a big, you got a big show lined up. So hopefully these jackhammers uh, don't mess with us too much. How was your flight though? I never actually asked you. Is Oh, I, you, know, I, you know, Michael, uh, traveling all over these years, I sit down, I promptly shake my head yes and voice my opinion that I will open the uh, uh, emergency exit, and then I go to sleep. I wake up when the wheels land. I enjoy every single nap. I mean, air, airline ride I go, I go on. That's so nice. I Like I said, I wish I was the same way I uh... I always feel like I get worse sleep on planes. But no, it's good to hear. Um, before we kind of dive into the show, guys, as always, this show is brought to us by the Oil & Gas. Um, the world's greatest website, excuse me, oilandgas360.com, brought to you by yours truly, Stuart Turley. You can check, you know, the best place for energy market finance stuff, guys. You should go to the Oil & Gas 360 news deck, which is available, has Everything you need to know about the energy finance markets, we really tried to make it a one-stop page, one-click, boom, you know what's going on. We're going to continue to add a bunch of things. Dashboards are getting added up on there. Um, so, yeah, really just some cool stuff. Um, you should follow all oil, or oil and Gas 360 and Intercom on all of the social medias, LinkedIn, Twitter. Connect with me and Stuart Turley. Email the show, mtanneronintercominc.com. Stu also runs the Energy 360 podcast, which is really interview some of the best energy thought leaders from all around the industry. We've got some great guests coming up. Stu, what do we have lined up this week? Uh, we got a couple. You're, you're interviewing uh, President of Liberty, and uh, that one's going to be real exciting. We're releasing one from Canada today and releasing about uh, 10 others. Uh, mm-hmm. Jackhammer's going off right now, dude. I can, I can, I can totally hear that, um, but Yes, we will definitely. We we've got a couple of interviews. I know. I think we're running shale specialists tomorrow, or or, or I think we're, we're BJ, I think we're doing Casey Johnson and Enzo Energy Services tomorrow. I think we'll be running uh, shale specialists later in the week. We got to get some approval from that one. Uh, but yes, I am excited at ten thirty here. We're cutting this interview with uh, with Ron, which will be really really cool. Um, uh, 
you know, to, to, it, what's hilarious is as I, I'm going to start. I'm going to start the interview by saying, honestly, like I, I wanted to talk all about technology. That was my original plan, and then this Liberty Schlumberger deal just plopped in front of my plate. So we're going to kind of have two different really roads we're going to run down. Uh, I'm excited though um, for that one. Check it all out. The world's greatest website, oilandgas360.com. Follow all of the shows, and as I mentioned, you get, you're listening to the show on either the Oil and Gas Show feed. Or the 360 digital closing bell feed. Thank you. Either way. But some quick updates. As you guys know, every two every day, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, we go live on YouTube from an undisclosed location in Denver, Colorado, bringing you like 10 to 15 minutes what happened in the energy markets on a daily basis. And really what we do on these long-form shows is kind of combine all that info and spit it out to you. So what we're starting to do is we're starting to put those daily shows out on the podcast as well. Well, so if you follow the 360 digital closing bell feed, you're going to start seeing every single day, 15-minute daily numbers. I'm going to try to get them out really as quickly as possible. So subscribe to the feed so you make sure every day that it drops, you get it as quickly as possible. Our goal is to have it out by 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's that's the goal here. We usually cut the show 2 to 2.15. We'll get that downloaded. I'll get that transferred over, uploaded. I think we should be good to go. Um, if you're listening to this show, this show will be available on both on both feeds. But it's slowly going to, in a month, it's going to move over solely to the oil and gas show feed. We'll probably rebrand the logo a little bit. Um, but we really appreciate um, everybody who's downloaded on both feeds. And, and I'm excited to get this the YouTube show on a podcast. I really think it's, 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 it's going to be the move. Um, is there any other clerical work, Stu, before we get going here? Um, getting a retaliatory jackhammer so i could add yeah exactly let's order one up on amazon and just start cranking them so i really like it um yeah i i think as we dive into kind of the outlook for the week you know really it's 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 the international it's really the international show because if you look on the domestic side um i mean there's not even not even really much news happened last week i mean we have a tropical storm that's forming um in in the gulf coast which we'll cover a little bit but when we look at sort of uh what happened this weekend and 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 what we're seeing um one of the biggest things that we covered two weeks ago during while we were you know probably uh, two three four weeks ago during earnings season specifically was the super majors transition to uh green energy and we saw a lot of that when it we saw a lot of that um now you're having lighting issues Stu. you're killing yourself it's just it's just funny sorry if for you listen to the podcast that won't make any sense you guys Stu, the 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 light just stew's been sitting so still in his room the automatic lights just turned off and it just went dark so i had to get a crack out of that um where were we oh yes yeah during earnings season we saw a couple we saw really interesting announcements come out from these super majors, and a lot of them, specifically from the international super majors, Shell and BP specifically, was a shift towards renewables. And we the, the BP came and talked about where they see their oil production going, specifically as a company, they see it nosediving, they see a huge increase in renewables. And what they've done is they've created this BP energy outlook. This was something they touted. A month ago, oh, we're going to create this. And so this week, September 14th through 16th, Stu, is BP Week. Give us an idea of what we're going to be learning in BP Week. Well, I'm going to be speaking fast. Uh, BP, uh, they are totally transitioning to carbon-free. They are reducing dramatically their impact in the world in uh, oil. However, 
uh, Shell is also doing the same thing. They're taking a hit. Before the jackhammer start up again, I want to read this one paragraph quote from the chief BP chief economist, mm -hmm. Spencer Dale. There must be a chance that the increasing uh, fragilities around associated with the way we are operating on our planet, highlighted by COVID-19, combined with the increased momentum in building back better and together with unprecedented levels of government intervention, there is a chance that COVID-19 leads to acceleration in the energy transition. Okay, a couple key tidbits right there. Build back better and unprecedented levels of government intervention. BP is taking the hit, I mean, taking the hint or the worldwide view that whatever it takes, they're trying to morph into a renewables country and leave their heritage of oil. What this means is, is that when you and I went over the numbers early in the week and when the jackhammer starts again, you can cover this. BP was making only money at the very high dollar rate. Uh, it was made, it was losing money at the low rate and Shell was right in there in that same bad management kind of look and Chevron was right on in there at the best performing least amount of solar least amount of it so it's going to be fun to watch the dynamic. yeah and i think that that you know to play devil's advocate on the last thing you said i think it's a core you know we, we, we learn in economics correlation doesn't necessarily mean causation Do, is it because they've invested they haven't invested as much in solar no they just got better rock than bp does specifically in the u.s but i get your sentiment is absolutely right in the fact that bp has not great assets in terms of oil, future oil assets. I mean, really, when you talk about where th their future is only offshore. I mean, you talk about the rigs they're running offshore. <coughs> offshore, They've now spun off U their U.S. shale assets into BPX. Now, they own outright BPX. But uh, former Mines guys running that, by the way, David Lawler. Um, cool. So just as an FYI. FYI! Um, the beautiful offices down on Platt Street, by the way. And it's right by, we were talking about, yesterday, Stu, we were talking about WeWork offices. Legit across the street from WeWork. So nice. we could go get a WeWork office and just view in and start throwing, uh, we'd, we'd, we'd throw uh, paper airplanes into, into Lawler's office, see if we can get some deals done. Uh, those BP uh, assets uh, in the Permian and in Eagleford are, were very well automated. They were bought from P, uh, BHP, and uh, as a subcontractor, I'd put in a lot of those pads for well automation. So and no, and BP the yes, sir. Go ahead. Uh, oh no, go ahead. They were outstanding assets. But it, but at what oil price? At what oil price? Because when I hear automation, I hear contractors. I'm hearing this is a profitable well at eighty bucks. Um, I think it was a lot less than that. But it was a lot lower than that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, BHP uh, got out of that and they morphed. Yeah, that was a huge. It was over a ten billion. It was or it was like a ten billion dollar deal. Oh, absolutely. And they they're morphing into a different company. So. Good management, good numbers, and the jury's out, on my opinion, on BP. I don't know what the proper mix, and I want to say before the jackhammers go off again in my head, uh, I believe in the balance of power. Nuclear, wind, solar, 
whatever the balance is, is the way to go. We are always going to need uh, oil and natural gas, period. That, that's just the way it is. Yeah, and, you know, I'm I'm a – yeah, we know, we're always going to need it. Um, At what format is going to be determined by the political uh, and the world? Yeah, and I think, you know, I think when I first read this quote, I think me and you were probably thinking this was a, a specific U.S. quote. I don't know if I generally believe that anymore. I think what they're seeing is just a as BP operates more globally, I think they're taking into account the global sentiment around oil and gas. And um, I mean, specifically, if the United States flips, if, 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 if Joe Biden wins it is going to be a monumental swing in the way the world handles oil and gas. And maybe it's BP just getting out ahead of the curve. Some could say, I mean, I had one of my favorite, one of my favorite shows is one of my favorite movies is called margin call. And there's a famous quote in there. And he says, there's three ways to make money. Be first, be smarter or cheat. Now I don't cheat. I consider myself smart, but it's just more difficult. So I'm just going to be first. So you could argue that's what BP, the, the route BP is just taking. They don't want to cheat. They don't want to, right? You know, they don't. You know, they're not. They don't consider themselves that much. They're just trying to be first. Maybe and there's something to be said about that. Uh, they're hedging. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a little more than a hedge. I think this is a. <laughs> I think this is. A, well, I think this is a. They are trying to. They are trying to make themselves attractive long term to institutional investors. Because BP and these super majors survive off pension funds, off really large hedge funds, off institutionals, banks, holding large positions and holding long positions in their companies. You know what I mean, Stu? They don't, they don't care if me or you buy 10 shares. They don't really care if me and you short them. What they're interested in is, is there, is JP Morgan willing to put, you know, buy 10 million shares and sit on them long? For and, four and or five years that, before flipping them. I, I, I that's agree. what they care about. Oh, I, and I think that's what this move is for. This is to sure up their institutional investor base to make sure that regardless of where oil price goes, they will have access to the capital and, and to be able to withstand their huge... I mean, BP's a billion, hundreds of billion dollars a company. So, I mean, they need cash. Oh, uh, you and I have said on many shows... Um, if you ain't got uh, ESG, you ain't got capital. Uh, you're going to have to have ESG in order to have access to capital, period. They realize it. But um, one of the th key things in the article, I thought that it was pretty interesting. Um, three main scenarios, rapid, net zero, and business as usual. Uh, whatever marketing person thought that up was pretty interesting because, uh, okay, Rapid, we got to change now. Net zero means totally get rid of all carbon, get rid of all fossil fuels, and then business as usual. Um, okay. I'm not sure what that meant. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the other craziest thing was um, their you know, oil production. They're talking about a four, they're seeing a 40% drop in their oil production by. 2030 which at first i think that number sounds really not scary but oh yeah whoa 40 percent. that really is just tailoring down drilling oh. so you want to talk about how fast wells decline oh, i mean yeah. it re really has a lot to do with um 
um, the fact that they're they're just probably not going to be doing much more new drilling for a lot of the reasons why they just said. But um, it's going to be interesting. I, I think these next three days will be interesting to see what BP does. It really, you know, this is the like I said, it'd be very interesting. You have Exxon and Chevron going one way. You right. have Shell and BP going one way. I mean, at this point, as a research guy, too, I'm just sitting back and. I'm interested what happens. I don't know if I care who's right or wrong, but it'll be interesting, and I think it'll be a case study. Now, right. my, this is my, 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 my while, while the jackhammers oh. are off. Um, uh, we are an energy. We are covering energy uh, across the board. Uh, we are an energy new, news kind of thing. This we're covering oh, energy here. Huh? Oh, we cover energy. We cover everything, man. I just give you a hard time. It, you're killing me. I gotta, I gotta keep beating my head against the hammer. But you know where my chick goat is tied up. This was validated this morning by uh, OPEC, and uh, they are putting out. They put out a big thing on uh, Reuters. Put out a big thing that the entire Gulf of the Middle East is going to the same thing. And so OPEC is putting billions and billions uh, into uh, renewals. And so that came out last night at about one o'clock in the morning as well, too. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what OPEC does. I'm skeptical that they're not investing solely as, like you said, a hedge. I think that's a different investment than what BP do. I think BP is is actually serious about shifting their business model. I think. <laughs> I think OPEC is just, hey, if we can get get in and get a slice of Tesla, you know, I mean, what does Saudi Aramco own? Like ten? No, they own like a million shares of Tesla. It's yep. crazy. I mean, they're just in everything. Um, so uh, why not get a slice of everything? Now it's not Saudi Aramco. It's the Saudi Wealth Fund, which is funded by Saudi Aramco. So, I mean, it just you 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 can trace a lot of the was it like seven steps of Kevin Bacon? Oh. All right. That's enough about BP. That's probably as much time as I ever want to spend talking about super majors because that's not really what this show is. We like to get into the the small nitty-gritty of what's going on in the U.S. jail patch. But there was nothing, honestly. It was really tough putting together this show this morning and this weekend. I was thinking about something happened, please. And no, we just have to talk about BP going green. Yay. You've got something else, Stu, that kind of came out this weekend. What What is it? Okay. While we're on the international news theme, might as well just get back on the plane. When we're... <laughs> Um, I've been covering Libya and the, uh, the whole mess in the Mediterranean. It's probably one of the most interesting international stories for a long time. Uh, Libya has now uh, offered even more money to Turkey to come in and act as a uh, EMP to get money out. They have lost over $90 billion in revenue due to the strife in their country and they don't have the expertise in order to get it. Uh, but what has happened is you have Turkey, uh, you have all of the other Mediterranean, and then you have Libya, and they have claimed the entire Mediterranean between the two. And uh, really, that's just amazing. Uh, so when you sit back and take a look at the map and chessboard, have you ever played the game Risk? Yes. Risk is alive and well in the Mediterranean. That's funny. So anyway, um, kind of interesting. I mean, it's it is the ultimate chess match, and it's over natural gas 
and money energy independence yeah i mean i think it's the stuff that's playing out on the international news desk is absolutely unbelievable and but you know what i find it amazing though that the uh less uh, the companies like BP have the cash flow to be able to morph. Uh, the countries like Turkey and Libya and other poor African uh, Nigeria, they're going for the traditional natural gas. In fact, um, uh, some of the best land in drilling is off of the off the Nigerian shore. So. You know. Yeah, I would love somebody who's an international oil expert to come in and kind of give me an overview about it. I, I couldn't even, like, I know offshore's obviously good. I know there's some stuff off West Africa that's really good. But, like, North Sea I know is really good. But I'd be very interested. Like, give me a world overview. Where are these fields? Where are you? I know, obviously, the oil and gas conference, you found out about South America's killing it. Right. Um, so there's somewhere down in South America, Bogota. Um, but uh, calling all international oil experts. Um, we got a few. I want you to we'll come break. on the show and ex- come on the show. I need you to explain some stuff to me. But um, I think it's time to go over and just kind of shift into the into the levels for oil um, and natural gas here. As always, guys, this segment is sponsored by Sandstone Capital Group. These guys do great research. Find them sandstonecg.com, 303-907-6825. Tell them the podcast sent you, um, or else you don't get credit. That's key. Tell them the podcast sent you. I mean, we're looking at a 36 handle right now on oil. I mean, 36.99 is as time stands here, about 6.55. So we'll finish up before the pit opens at 7.30. So it'll be interesting to see where it rips. Um, I mean, really, I, I we're seeing a slight depression. I think you know we were we were trading at you know I I think that 37.50, 38 level is is more where oil should be. I mean, we're going to see about probably 250,000, uh, 250,000. Um, barrels probably get ripped off because uh, as we're waiting for Tropical Storm Sally to make landfall probably Tuesday. Um, ConocoPhillips mentioned that they're actually shutting down. Um, what's the name of their facility? It's their uh, Bella Chase in Louisiana, um, and it's in Alliance, Louisiana. 255,000 barrels a day. So, you know, is that the number that's going to get ripped off? I don't know. We'll see. Um, they at least are getting that you know, and, and getting that, um, their other Louisiana fighter, uh, their, their other, their other refinery, their 260,000 bar Westlake, um, is still offline because of hurricane Laura. So hopefully, um, this doesn't become as bad, um, as we saw, um, as you can check out on the, our oil and gas 360 dashboards that we're starting to keep, um, up to date now. Um, crude oil inventories, in terms of our domestic U.S. production spiked, we're back up to 10 million barrels in U.S. fuel production. That's up 300,000 barrels. So it's interesting to see. We'll probably drop. I mean, you know, obviously not this week because the week ends Friday. So I don't know if this will necessarily catch it. So we'll probably see a slight increase in crude oil field production, probably in the 10.2, 10, 10.2 and a half. At the next week, we'll see probably bring it down. It really depends. We'll see how much um, gets turned offline because of this tropical storm. Hopefully, not much. But we will see. Um, when we look at the levels, I've got a couple. I mean, I still think the floor is 35-35. Uh, thank goodness we haven't gotten anywhere near that. Um, the lowest we've seen right now is like 36-13. Um, so that's probably the floor, but you never know. We have a big volume bench right there, 35-35. Um, 36-72, if you're looking to get long, not a bad position. Just make sure to watch the order flow. I say this all the time. Watch the order flow. Point of control, 37-31 for the week. 37-81 is a cap. I think if you're playing a range trade, especially these last two days, man, we're the last three 
three-four day, uh, three-four trading sessions. Recommend. I mean, at thirty-seven eighty-one, thirty-six seventy-two. That's a over-dollar swing that you can just. I mean, watch the order flow. Get yourselves in it along at thirty-six seventy-two. Take yourself. You know, get yourself short at thirty-seven eighty-one if you're trading the futures contract. Not a bad idea. There's some green, a lot of green to be had there. Trust me. Um, we'll be working on that. I'll be working on that this week. Um, I mean, yeah, we're trading 3701. This thing gets down 3672. This thing gets into the 3680s. I'm buying, Stu. I'm logging in and getting long. But remember, we don't give investment advice here. I, I was about just, to say we, that. We don't give investment advice, so I wouldn't we recommend anything. Yes. I don't. I wouldn't recommend anything I'm doing. I've lost more money than you care to imagine trading stocks um, in quicker times. Now, I've also I've been on the right side of a Trump tweet, which is one of the most unbelievable things to witness. You get long, Trump, or you get short, Trump tweets something bad about oil. Woohoo! It's fun to watch. Those, those, and that you just sit back and you're like, someone's there, die. It's karma. Some, I, I've earned it. You know what I mean? I, Absolutely. You look at that. It, it's legalized gambling on Twitter's, on uh, Trump's Twitter account. <laughs> it really is. It really is. That's why I tell people, people ask me why I don't gamble. It's like, guys, I trade stocks. It's basically the same thing. <laughs> it's basically the same thing. And if anybody tells you different, um, they're nuts. On the upside, though, I think 3872 is. Or thirty-eight seventy-two is is probably the ceiling. I don't think we'll get up there. Um, commitment to traders really interesting. Um, managed money cut a lot of their long positions. Now, um, is that are those shorts getting? You know, are those are those longs getting cut? Were they sells? Were they sell stops? Probably. You know, hedge funds are net long. They probably got long at forty. And when 38 came, they probably had a $2 stop. And so that's probably where a majority of those hedge funds... So, I mean, I, I interpret the longs being dropped solely as just people getting stopped out um, on the downside, which is what happens. Now there's 27 added on the short side. I mean, it makes sense. People are now... Re I mean, what happens when you get beat? You just now swing the other way. It's pretty predictable. Um, so that's what I see going on in the managed money side. Um, still, we're looking at or 381,000 contracts on the long side, about 120,000 on the short side. So... Uh, Nothing to sneeze at there. Um, I mean, news-wise, Stu, there's nothing that really happened in the shale patch this weekend. I mean, you know, we're still waiting on, on Lone Star. Um, you know, they, we'll probably hear something today. They've got to. I mean, is there anything? we heard anything on Lone Star, Stu? I haven't heard a peep. Nothing. Yeah, let's see. August 16th. Let's see here. Let's go to their investor relations SEC filing. September 10th. We've, we, I know there was the amended ownership. Let's see. William Caruso. Yeah, they got nothing here. So we're waiting on Lone Star. Kind of a dead man walking. Um, um, I did have some feedback last time you had a moment of silence. For? Uh, they want to know uh, where you went to uh, uh, missionary school. It, was, it had to have been the shortest missionary school or... Um, to be a priest, you were like a moment of silence, and they thought that was the funniest thing they've ever seen. But they wanted to know what seminary you went to. Um, I unfortunately I'm not a registered priest, um, which is probably a good thing in today's age. <laughs> they don't have they don't have that uh, my, um, priesthood for a moment of silence in uh, uh, School of Mines. 
No, they just uh, they tell you when you show up, look to your right, look to your left. One of you's dropping out after eighteen months. That's what they tell you, and it's wow. like, welcome to college. Oh yeah, it's, we can talk about a lot. Of it. It's they, it's they, they. they yeah. Let's move on. And honestly, I mean, I've been looking at this. I it, it it was a it was a lame weekend. I mean, we're looking at in terms of what I you know what we're coming up this week. Remember, redeterminations are are happening as we speak. And at the end of September, we're going to start hearing a lot more about that, which is going to be interesting. And remember. We're ending the quarter here, September. You know, we got 15 days to the end of the quarter here. And so it's going to be, I think, a final push to get revenue in the door. It will be interesting to see how a lot of this stuff shakes out. I mean, you know, I, I, we, we say we're busy. We're busy in terms of our jobs. I think this podcast has been fairly slow for the past two weeks, which is just what I say the calm before the storm. We're, we're, we're going to have, re, we're, we're gonna have uh, uh, RBLs coming in. We're going to have... You know, earnings quarter three is going to come out here soon, Stu. It's going to be busier than ever. Um, we're going to see some interesting numbers to see. But uh, you know, anything else you got? I think we're you know, it's been about 30 minutes here. We're going to a nice short show, get you out of here. Anything we're missing here? Uh, well, yeah, our uh, interview with uh, George Friedman, uh, the storm before the calm, I think, is what we're in the middle. That was- yeah, no, exactly. All right. Well, thank you, Michael. As always, you did good. Yeah, no, I think uh, I appreciate it. Um, I'm just really trying to look here. There ain't nothing else. Guys, with that, we're going to let you get out of here, get back to work. Start your day off right. Thank you for checking us out. 360 Digital Closing Bell available on that podcast and on the Oil & Gas Show. Remember, we're going to be moving over soon. Check us out this afternoon. 360 Digital Closing Bell available on iTunes for the first time today at 3 o'clock. We're also live on YouTube, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We'll see you then.